Last year, and around October, Carol and I celebrated our anniversary um, in, in Yosemite. And so we thought, you know, because we're Asian, if we went and got some uh, banh mi, you know, the, the Vietnamese sandwiches, that's our lunch. And we went all the way up to uh, Glacier Point. And so we drove up there all the winding road and we got there. And I, I, I love hiking. So anywhere that I can walk and climb, I would do it. You know, I drive by and I see a mountain. It just makes me want to stop the car and go climb the mountain. I just love to just climb and, you know, just be out in nature. So anyways, Carol and I went up there to celebrate our 19th year anniversary. And it was just the two of us. And so we drove all the way up there and we got to this place called Glacier Point. And so we're just checking out the whole series, the whole uh, area. Now take a look at this picture. I did not take that picture. I found this on the internet, right? <laughs> but there is this crazy teenager at that, when we were there, there's an area where, you know, it's all walled off. There's fences that's gigantic. They, they give you the point that do not cross. It's very dangerous. They put signs and don't trespass, don't cross it and everything. But guess what? When there's signs like that, there's always crazy people who would cross it, right? So this is teenage kids who crossed it. And I was like, oh no, that's going to be bad. And so they crossed, they went all the way to the tip and they weren't just like, ooh, scared. They were just like walking around like as if they were like in the living room. I was like, oh my gosh, I couldn't even look. I was like, I know someone's going to scream. Someone's going to fall off and they're going to die. And, you know, when you look at that, it looks pretty scary. But what if you know that it's 7,214 feet all the way to the ground? No nets, no nothing to catch. It's straight down. It's so far down. When you get to one of the corners, you look down and it's blurry because it's so far. Like your eyes can't even adjust. It's like you're looking really, really far. Everything down there is just blurred because it's so far down. And these kids are crazy. They would go there and like that guy right there. And um, man, it's just amazing that we do that to ourselves, especially like this guy here we see. So, you know, when we, when we saw the two kids and for us, we look at them and my first thought was, that's just not smart to do that. Because one step over, it's gone. It, you're done. Your whole life is gone. You used to exist, now you don't anymore, right? <laughs> like this guy right here. It's a couple more steps, it's over for him. Why do people do that, right? Because they think it's cool. Well, maybe some of us, we actually go through the, to the edge of something like that because we think it's cool, right? But for some people who look from the outside, it's not that cool. Come on, it's just not smart. Right? But for us, we do stuff like that because we push ourselves to the limits. And if there's something cool about going all the way to the limit of who we are and what we're able to do, what we can accomplish. But when we think about, we take that limit into other parts of life, it's not that cool. Think about this. When we think about our schedule, when we take our schedule all the way to the limit where there's one more thing on our schedule, it, we're going to break. Right? There's nothing our life is just going to collapse and things just going to go crazy. And what we think about this, this whole idea in terms of our money, our finances. If we take our finances all the way to the limit, we spend every single dime that we make. Any small bill, you go into the car, you know, go to the car shop and you find out anything wrong that you didn't expect, it's over. Things are just going to get bad, right? One extra large bill, things are just going to fall apart. When we think about it emotionally in our body, ourselves, when we push ourselves, we don't get enough sleep and we go through our days and, you know, we caffeinate ourselves to stay up, right? And then we sedate ourselves to sleep. And then after a while, you, get, you push yourself to that limit 
It may look cool. You think, oh, yeah, look at how much I'm able to accomplish. But from the outside, people are looking at you, and you think, they're thinking, that's just not smart, right? But for some reason, to ourselves, we don't think that it's not smart. We think it's cool that I could push myself. I can accomplish this many things, and I have this much things on my schedule that I'm able to like, maximize my money to get to this point and all that. And so we live, in some ways, to the edge like that guy. And we don't realize that when we fall off the edge, things are going to get ugly. And there's so many areas in our life that is like that, in our finances, in our time, in our relationships, right? Emotionally, some of us are emotionally drained. There's nothing funny about, nothing cool about uh, a husband and wife gets into an argument and then that one final argument because they have been arguing for so much, they're finally at the edge that someone goes off the edge and they walk away, they can't take it anymore. I recently heard someone says, you know, telling the, a guy telling his kid that, um, you know, I'm sorry, I can't be with you because mom, your mom and I just don't get along. Wow, really? You just don't get along? It's like just one day, just bam, I don't get along, right? Or is it something that pushes them to the edge that is just one last conversation that they don't get along? You see, I think a lot of times when we don't think, we don't think about that zone, Right? I call it margin. Margin is from where you are to the edge of the cliff. That little space right there is so very important. And so that's one my, what I wanted to bring up to your attention today. Because we have been going on on this series about love. And we want to love. Right? We want to give. We want to be generous. You know, and, and we want to be able to give to people. We want to be able to help people. But when we're at the edge, when you give, there's nothing left to give. You can't give anymore, right, in terms of money, in terms of time. If your time is so structured, so stuck that you're so busy, you can't give to anybody. And believe me, I am like that. I know I'm talking from experience because I live my life that way. You know, I have to-do lists, things, 10, 20 things I need to do today. My schedule, I look at it and I see it on my watch, I see it on my phone, I see it on my computer, I see it on the wall, like everywhere. It tells me that I need to do this and this and this. And when something goes wrong, I get so very frustrated because it just throws things off for me. Now imagine you are the person in your home and you handle the finances and you look at your money, you figure out where things go, you got to categorize how much we have, how much we're spending. And then all of a sudden, your kid or your wife comes and says, hey, let's go on a vacation. And what do you say? No, we can't, right? I could barely, like we're barely surviving. How are we going to go on vacation, right? That's living on the edge. We don't think about it like that. But we're right at the edge, just like that guy in the picture, stuck at the edge. Because now if you're going to bring one more bill, we're just going to fall off the edge. Right? And what happens when that happens? You see, life happens in that little tiny space, that little margin for us. And we don't think about it that way. But I wanted us to start thinking that way because when, we, when that margin closes, certain things happen. And so if we take a look at that picture, so let me draw that diagram down here so I can point it out. That's the cliff, 7,214 feet all the way down. Getting a little fancy. There's the guy. And so what I want to talk to you about today is the distance between here and here. That's all we have in life. We may not think about it in this term, 
But this is the margin I'm talking about. In finances, if you have this little margin, which means you have a little bit extra at the end of the month, the end of the paycheck, after you get a paycheck, you pay everything off, you have a little bit left. That's your little breathing room, your little margin, right? And you can do whatever you want. You can enjoy it. You're like, oh man, I could save it. I can take my friends out. I can go and, and spend it on myself. I can go eat out. So this is the little margin. And time is the same thing. This is the time where you could say, ah, I could take a break and take a nap, right? Sometimes we feel, we feel guilty for taking a nap because we're at the edge, right? If I take a nap now, I'm going to fall off. Everything is just going to fall apart, right? And so we, we get into here. And then if we think about our emotions, our, our physical body, when we push ourselves so much to this point that anyone who does anything will irritate us so badly, it's just going to drive, makes us go off the edge on them and things will get bad that way. Does that make sense? And I, I hope that, that we, can, we could push this, um, this idea a little bit further about that because when we come to the Bible, we look at verses, and one of the verses that I always often overlook because when we read about, about love, we learn about all sorts of ways that we love, and then we come to 1 Corinthians 13, 4, it says, love is patient. So I was thinking, oh yeah, love is patient, love is kind, it is not envy, it is not boast, it is not proud. So I'm going to break it down into like a four-point message and all that stuff. But then I couldn't get off love is patient because I want to just say love is patient. Oh well, let's move on. Next thing, right? What else is there? When we think of patience, we think of people who don't do something. Isn't that right? Like, oh, he is a patient man. What does that mean? That means he sits there and do nothing. Is that what we're saying? No. Because the Bible says that love is patient. And so what is, it is saying is that patience is an active thing. It's not passive. Patience is something you do, something you intentionally plan to do, intentionally build up. It's something that you gather. It's an energy that you put into. It's not taking away from. Does that make sense? But we cover it up to make it look like it's really good. Imagine a couple getting together, and then they had a big old fight, right? And so the, the, the husband is really, really upset with his wife, and finally he, he had enough. He's going to put his foot down, and he's going to tell her everything, and he sits there, and she sits there, and he just going on and on about, you did not doing this, you're not doing that, you, you do this to me, and that, and blah, 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 and he got a whole list. And then the wife just sits there all quiet, and then when he's done, without saying a word, she gets up and she walks away. Is that patience? Is that patience? <laughs> Believe it or not, that is not patience. That's checking out. That's stonewalling. That's disconnecting. Patience does not do that. Because it, does it build love? No, it doesn't. Right? Patience would sit there and listen and say, I want to enter your world. I want to understand what you're saying. Let's work this out. Let's make our relationship stronger. Isn't that it? Right? But we think of patience as something we don't do. But patience is something we actually do. But in terms of margins, now how do they connect? I think that we lose patience when our, par when our margins get smaller. Because three things, maybe more, that I could think of happens when our margins get smaller. See, when we think about margins, we, don't think, we think 
about it, and we could see clearly in the cliff, right? We could see margins on the highway. When you drive around, are the lanes exactly the size of your car? No, can you imagine getting on the road, the, the, the road, the lanes are exactly the size of your car. You can't go a foot to the left or to the right, you're gonna hit somebody. No, they make an extra three feet on both sides. So you got plenty of room, right? They got, on top of that, they got shoulders and you got dividers, things that just kind of buffer. You, so we like that space, that extra. But we don't think about that in our finances, in our life, in our schedule. We wanna just drive right at the spot, at the edge. Right? When we think about books, why are books written so that there's spaces all around? What a waste! How much, how much tree can we save if books were to be printed all the way to the edge? Why don't they do that? Why not? It doesn't look pretty that way. It doesn't look, yeah, it, yeah it's just like, well, that's just wrong. You don't want to read it, right? And secondly, it gives you room to write. You can, room to touch to room to just like you can't have a thumb here if it's all the way to the edge right and then like the if the page crinkles a little bit you can't read anymore so it gives you a little bit of room for things to happen it gives a, a little bit of room for creativity does that make sense right and it seems so trivial in something like this but it's huge when it's in our life the little margin that we need in our life um how about some some other things in life that needs margin on the airplane. I really hate flying because I can't afford to go on first class. So you sit like this the whole time. And I put my arm and the other guy puts his arm and we touch each other like, oh my gosh, like what am I gonna do now? Like this, like that. You know, you can do that for like four or five hours. It's so uncomfortable. And then I sat next to this guy who was super tall and his legs are like this. And I'm like, oh, leaning sideways and he's leaning sideways. And you know, it's like, what in the world? And that's why people pay extra to have the little extra space. What is it called? First class. We all love the first class because there's that extra room. We like the little buffer. We stand in line. You don't stand in line. Have you ever stood in line with people who are space invaders? I'm in the Chinese, rest, uh, Chinese uh, market. I don't know why it is. Some old lady's just like up to me like this. I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> Why are you so close to me? <laughs> I feel like just going, boom, <laughs> pick up something. But no, you want the little space, the little buffer, right? It's, it's, we, we have it all throughout our life in that way. But the things that we don't see is what really matters. In our time, in our attention, in our purity and morality, in our finances, we need the same buffer, and we don't have that. We don't have that margin. Certain things happen. So I list out a, a few things that will happen when our, our margin decreases. And so the space between here, between the guy and the cliff, if it decreases, the first thing that happens is stress increases. Is that true? The smaller the margin, the more stress you have in your life. The less money you have left over, the more stress you're going to feel. The less time you have in your days, the more stressful you're going to feel. And the more stress, the less patience that we have. So the Bible tells us love is patience. When are we not patient? We are not patient when we have no time left. Right? Oftentimes when we're on the road, why do people have road rage? Because they're in a hurry to go somewhere else. Right? Or maybe they're running late because they don't have any more margin. 
They're thinking in their mind, how am, I going, how am I going to apologize for being late? Oh, I'm going to look bad in front of my friends for being late. And so we don't realize that when we cut ourselves close to the edge, we run out of margin, we run out of, we're going to run out of patience. We're going to feel more stress. And we, at the, this point, people may not realize this, but we are willing to sacrifice so much stuff that we don't, even including ourselves, just to make up for it. This past week, um, I got, witnessed something that's just, I can't get out of my mind. And um, it shook me pretty badly. Um, on Tuesday, when I was driving home from work um, at around downtown LA, you know, that whole long bridge, uh, downtown LA, I was driving, you know, speeding on this highway at about 15 miles an hour because it's, you know, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> How far fast can you go in traffic? So I was just, and then all of a sudden this traffic stopped. And I'm thinking, what is going on? Oh, come on now, fender bender, what a, you know, right. What's the big deal, right? But as I was going that way, I saw this guy in a really nice motorcycle. Some of you may know that I've always wanted a motorcycle since I was a long time. I took the class and everything. But this guy had a really nice motorcycle with the little carrier thing on both sides. You know, I'm in, I'm in those cool, and you know, and so um, I was like, wow, that's nice. And so he drove by, and it's all nice and clean. He went by, and then a few minutes later, the whole traffic stopped. I was like, oh man, fender bender, what's gonna happen, right? So I just kept on going, like 15 minutes later, finally, or maybe 10 minutes, I don't know, it felt like an hour, but finally got to the area, and there, a fire truck cut across the whole thing, and he closed three lanes. And I was in the second lane, and so I had to veer over this way. And then the fire trucks and the police started coming over, and I thought to myself, this is not good. Something bad happened. So we drove by, and then the first thing I saw was the red bike on the left lane, shattered. And I told myself, this is bad. And so we drove by, I finally drove, and I was right there, and I know the accident is over there, and I tell myself, don't look, don't look, don't look, don't look. I drove by. And I looked, oh my gosh. I read later what happened was that he was trying to cut off a big rig and the tail end of his bike caught the big rig, fell over on the street and the big rig ran over his head. So when I looked, it was just a puddle of pink, red, white stuff all over the ground. I, it was just really tough for me. I was like, wow, we. I, I prayed for him, and then it just finally hit me emotionally that it, about his family. He looks like a family guy. His wife, kids, I don't know, probably waiting for him to have dinner at home. When's he going to come? Probably call on his cell, and no one picks up. And then they finally get a call probably from the police department. What kind of evening they're going to have? All his friends, all his family, it was just hit me emotionally thinking through all that. So amazing that we are in a hurry in life, that we push ourselves through that kind of limit, that we're willing to sacrifice something like that. We don't realize it. You know where this hits me is that sometimes I drive badly because we're late to something. And in the back of my car, there are three kids. Right next to me is my beautiful wife. And I'm driving badly 
I'm sacrificing them to get to somewhere a few minutes early or on time. How incredibly dumb is that? But I do it because I don't think about it. I don't think about the margin. If we think we apply this whole idea about margin in, the next time we leave, you know what? Let's leave half an hour earlier. What is that going to do to us? Let's leave 15 minutes early. So what margin looks like is when we show up and we're still 15 minutes ahead, 10 minutes ahead, and we could just say, ah, feels good to be here early, safe. I didn't even have to rush. Someone cut me off, big deal, right? Just let them go. But we don't think about it that way. We push ourselves. Oh, I don't have to leave for 15 more minutes, so I'm just going to wait till the 15 minutes, right? And, and then we get all the way, and then we rush and rush. You know, a lot of times we want to get there early so that we can show off that, oh, look, 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 I'm, I'm punctual. I'm awesome. I took it to the limit and I'm here right on time. Is it really cool? No. When not when you're sacrificing an entire car of your family. I have witnessed accidents with the entire car, a car full of the family members. But you see, that's the same the same idea as the margin, right? When we lack margin, we're going to feel stressed. We're going to be less patient. And I think that's why we have road rage all over the city, because people just don't have margin. They've been working all day long. They're super tired. There's no more emotional margin. There's no more physical margin. And now they're probably running late to wherever they need to go, so there's no more time, margin in their time, right? So they're trying to get home. That's why everybody's so frustrated. So when margin decreases, stress increases. When margin uh, decreases, our focus narrows. Something a little different here. So when this area between the guy and the cliff decreases, what does he focus on? The guy standing at the cliff. What does he focus on? He focuses on himself. I better watch out, two more steps, it's over the, over the cliff, right? I have about three more steps, that's it, and two more steps, and one more. Oh, wow, I'm at the edge, I better not move anymore. So your focus is on yourself. Does it matter if anything else happening in the world? No, it doesn't, because now you are at the edge. Now think about this in our emotions, and think about this in our finances, in our relationships. When we are at the edge like that all the time, we're only self-absorbed, selfish people who cannot think about anybody else because you're at a survival mode. You're at a point where you cannot move. There's no wiggle room. Does that make sense? We're going to come and put it all together. And the last thing that happens when our margin decreases is relationship suffers. Relationship suffers, right? Because who wants to be around an irritable guy? Who wants to be around somebody who's self-absorbed and self-focused? Nobody. But that's what happens when they have no margin, right? Our relationship suffers. And you know, here's the big profound idea. This is where relationship happens. Let me paint it this way. When you go to work all day long, when you come home, if you're married, you don't have enough energy left for your wife. You don't have enough, enough energy left for your kids. Everybody eat and go to sleep. Where's the margin? None, right? We hit the edge. What if somehow, some way, we could plan a moment where we have a little bit of time left in the evening to spend with our kids, with our wife, with our friends, with just by ourselves to relax? 
What would that look like? You actually come home, you eat, and you get ready for bed, and you have a little bit of time left to actually give your wife a back rub. Oh my goodness, is that even possible, right? To read with your kids before they sleep. Is that even possible? Is to pray with your kids without rushing, with the babbling, right? To have so much time that you can sit there before your meal. Your prayer is so much more than just, thank you, God is good, God is nice, thank you God for the rice, amen. Because we don't have any time to pray anything more meaningful, right? Because we don't have any more margin. But if we built in margin into those areas, it seems so true. It's, it's, it's not like, oh, wow, he's talking about something so profound. It's not profound. It's something we know that we just need to do. But this is so key to our patience. We lack patience because we don't have margin. We lose patience when we don't have, when our margin decreases. <sighs> Intimacy happens in that margin, in that little time that we have. Right before bed, a little bit in the morning, sometimes in the weekends. That's our margin, right? The, the culture builds margin into us. God builds margins into us. He says, you work six days and on the seventh day, you take a break. Yes, working hard at church is still working. That's the truth. But if we don't take that time to spend with the people in our life that matters most, it's still working. But within, when, when this area increases, so now let's say you're standing at the edge and you back off a few inches, a few feet, what happens? Ah. Oh peace, calm. I can actually be kind to people because I have energy to be kind, right? If I have extra money, I can actually be generous because I can show generosity. I could actually spend that money. If, if I were to be emotionally, I'm able to, to get into a fight with my wife from back here and say, oops, not going to fall off the cliff. We'll deal with this. No, it's okay. We'll get through this. But when you're at the edge, one more word, I'm, it's over. We're both going to jump. That's what happens. That's how it works. And we see that again and again in our life. And the Bible tells us that love is patient. We are not loving in so many ways that we don't realize it. Impatience is one of them. We live in a culture where everything is so fast. We want faster everything. Fast life, fast car, fast internet, fast everything. We don't know how to stop. Fast food. <laughs> and that's another one that kills us. Fast food. <laughs> but we, you know what? Busyness is the enemy of intimacy. It's not mean words. It's mean words from being impatient, right? From being so busy at the limit that mean words come out. It is the enemy of intimacy. So busyness is the enemy of intimacy. So let me uh, give you three things really fast and we'll finish it off. The first thing, building margins with our finances. The major cause of impatience is living on the edge at our of our finances. The Bible says that God gives us everything we have. Can you imagine um, if, if I were to hire an accountant who handles all my money because I'm so bad with money, you know, like, 
here, you know, I can afford you, I can pay you whatever, a certain amount, but everything, I, all my spending, everything, like $5 at McDonald's, going to show, and, and he's going to take care of everything, and I, he's going to have to take care of every single line item, right? That's what we expect, someone to, to handle our money. And then when I come over and I say, hey, buddy, how, how, what's my finances look like? And he says, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I pay you, right? This is, you are to take care of my money. You are being paid as an accountant to take care of my money. And you know what? God sees us in that way. The Bible calls it stewardship, which means that all the money that God gives us, he wants us to take care of. And so God's going to say, hey, buddy, how's it going with that money? You're like, I don't know. It comes in, it goes out. That's all I know. Being a good steward is to know exactly where it goes and how much is spent, how much is saved, how much you have left over in margins. All right, number two, time. Patience is letting go of hurry for what is important. Letting go of, what is, of the hurry for what is important. Learning to leave a little bit earlier. You know, sometimes our days are full because we're trying to do everything that we don't enjoy anything. At the end of the day, you say to yourself, what did I do today? I don't know. <laughs> Just busy all day long. <sighs> that we actually take the time and focus on each other, take the time to focus on God and ourselves. <clears throat> I love, one of the things that I love about our church is our schedule. We meet here once a month. This is our once a month celebration. Weekly branches, daily time with God. That's it. Nothing more complicated. We try not to have too many other events. Uh, they creep up every so often, but we try not to have them because it's your time between you and God, between you and the people at your branches, and pe between you and God, mainly. All right, the last one, uh, relationships. Margins in a relationship. Margins in relationship is called grace. may or may not realize this, but the time from here to here is grace. The time that you give extra to people. And you cannot give this extra if you don't have that. Mark it.